Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Charles' second tallest libertarian that we know of, Thompson. And I think he'll be able to make it through the show today. Well, that has that's TBD. We'll see. Mm-hmm. How you feeling today, man? I'm here. We've been dealing, if you guys have been following along, we've been dealing with this tooth saga of Charlie's over here, Toothgate. Toothgate. And yeah. he's been dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of uh, anxiety, and he keeps complaining to me all just every day, all the time, <laughs> and he's getting just a little bit better. I don't know. But anyway, this, just so you know, that's why I've been talking so much lately, because Every word that Charlie says is pure agony, and not just for him, for you guys too. We all know that, because you can feel his pain. But anyway, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And today is Friday, which means that it's dumb bleep of the week. This is the day where we finally get to bitch about things that we think are really dumb. (laughs) We wait all week just talking even-keeled, non-emotional liberty all week. And then on Fridays, we finally get to get heated about stuff that's really dumb. We've scoured the internet. We have scoured the internet. I went the through- dumbest things we could find. <laughs> and, and just if this is your first episode listening, just so you know, we don't go with the obvious dumb things. My example is... Uh, Taxation. We could submit taxation as dumb bleep of the week and it could win all the time. Or U.S. government. We could submit that as dumb bleep of the week and everyone would vote for that because it would be the dumb bleep of the week. Or maybe what we talked about yesterday with Biden uh, pushing the top capital gains tax rate up to like 43% potentially. Uh, That could win dumb bleep of the week. Those are obvious things. That That is an unfair game. For all of these other dumbasses out there that have been saying dumb stuff on Twitter all week. And so we have to give them a fair shake, which means we have to cut the obvious things out. Charlie, are you are you excited? I've never been more excited. This is, you know, now that I think about it, this is the most excited I've ever I've ever seen you be right now. This is me at the top of my excited <laughs> game. <laughs> okay, so Without further ado, uh, uh, dumb bleep number one. Now we're going to warm you up with some, just some, just a little bit of light dumb bleeping out there. Okay. I was watching this debate between some people and this guy on Twitter was talking about how uh, he didn't get wearing masks indoors at restaurants or wearing masks uh, really uh, outside, he was talking about mask wearing, and what he was talking about was wearing masks outside when you're out walking around. That's what that's what it was. So you're out in the park and you're wearing a mask. And he was like, "I support masks and all that, you know, but it kind of seems weird to be wearing one outside." And all these people were on there talking about how well it's the right thing to do. I just put one on when I get up in the morning, and I just don't even think about it. Literally, there are people on there talking about how they just put one on, and they just don't even think about it. I can't imagine doing that i hate wearing the thing and i know you guys probably do too but anyway here's a completely rational person just piping in with their idea on the masking because they support the masking as well 
This person, this is Oliver, he says, personally, I'm not doing the indoor dining part because he's scared to go and do indoor dining. That's what they were talking about. So he's not going indoor to do dining. But at the moment, my basic rationale is uh, I stick a mask on when you leave the house, when I leave the house, and then I forget about it. And I remove it only when there's something significant, like some good FaceTime with friends. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> only when I can spit on my friends do I remove my mask. He puts it on when he leaves his house and he forgets about it. Mm-hmm. And then he takes it off when he's around people to talk to them. Pull it down. Let me talk to you. It's, I'll sit down at the table, take my mask off. You know, we so we like to go to the movies. And, of course, their whole rule is, is that you your mask has to be on at all times unless you're actively eating or drinking. So we literally go into the movies, sit down in our chair, and we just... Take our mask off. Just, just eating popcorn. And we eat popcorn and snacks. Which leads to the whole bad time. health consequences. And that's actually what happened with my tooth, and, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's what yeah. you get for trying to not yeah. wear a mask. Yeah. I'm, See? <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah, you yeah. got long COVID in your but mouth. If you guys look at all of these people that even your your politicians and stuff that wear a mask, and then when it's their time to talk, they, they take it down. They take the mask off. <laughs> You realize how much saliva that you inadvertently spew out of your mouth when you're speaking to someone. It's it's unbelievable to me. It it's um you know, I you know, I've always said that wearing a mask isn't hard and that if you're going to be uh, in close proximity to people, um you should wear one. Um but at the same time, the the way that people use them is completely useless. They use them so, opposite. So they pull them the, down the talk. What's the point? Yeah. If you're not going to use it properly, it, then don't just don't wear one. That's been a problem the whole time. I've told the story a bunch of times, but it, uh, you know, my dad did have a grocery store. My family had a grocery store, and they did, in fact, see someone wearing a mask and gloves walking around the store, very worried about COVID. And when they got up there to pay, they pulled some cash out. They pulled their mask down and lick their finger to flip through the cash that was in their pocket so they could then give it to the cashier. Perfect. <laughs> this is, you know, science mm-hmm. is what's most important right here when it, when it comes to the mask. And you should always wear a mask when you're walking around outside, but make sure you take it down so you can have good FaceTime with your friends while you're hanging out with them. But we should all wear them at all times, but you should take it down when you're around your friends for sure. <laughs> anyway, that's dumb bleep number one. With the, the next says, I only wear them if I'm private property. And the owners and the workers want me to wear one. Same. Yeah. I um, most places I go, it's typically I have a mask on when I go in the door, and then I sit down and I take it off. We went and ate at uh, Fulins the other night, and I didn't even I didn't even get my mask out of the car because I know Fulins doesn't care about it. Nice. And you came in there like an idiot wearing your mask, you know. <laughs> Just had a mask on, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, what is Charlie doing? I li- we're in I, Mount Juliet. I live with an ER nurse. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, that's, <laughs> that's who lives in my, that's who owns my, <laughs> my house. Um, so backstory on this next one. That was Dumbleat number one with the mask. Dumbleat number two, just so you know, the BBC put out a study and they think it's very important to point out that the world's wealthiest are the ones who are contributing almost all of the carbon emissions that are the the world's wealthiest are causing 
all of our climate change problems. And I've been seeing them switch back over to the climate change thing. They've been doing it with the immigration issue. The border crisis is actually a climate crisis. That's what this is actually leading to. And then our infrastructure plan is literally we're just going to implement the Green New Deal little pieces at a time. That's that's what we're going to see. That's that's how the left does things. And that's why they're successful, by the way, because they implement their ideas little bits at a time. All right, they're they're able to do that. It's easy to do that when you don't really have any principles, and that's you you can take compromises. But anyway, this is coming from that story, and Charlie, I put a little context from the story, and then just a great tweet. This is actually the tweet that I saw that showed me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app. BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone. All right. If you are having a tough time getting by right now, maybe you're dealing with anxiety. Maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be. Maybe you're not finding the meaning in life. You know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com slash GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com slash GML. You make an account. They ask you some questions about yourself, some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with a therapist that they think will work best for you. If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one. Okay, it's safe, it's secure, it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen, taking care of your brain, of your mental health is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do. Okay, so maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app. You can do video call. You can do voice calls. All kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said hey. So the world's wealthiest 1% produce double the combined carbon emissions of the poorest 50%, according to the UN. The wealthiest 5% alone, the so-called polluter elite. Who calls them that? Yeah. That's <laughs> what I hear daily. Yeah. Every morning I wake up and I check my polluter elite status. <laughs> and I wonder if I've made the list. Uh, hopefully one day I can be a polluter elite. Well, someday, yeah. Yeah. Just a scrolling news feed. Uh, PolluterElite.com, I believe. You have to have invite only. but Yeah. yeah. Well, they perhaps have contributed 37% of the emissions growth between 1990 and 2015. 37% of the emissions growth, just so we... Between a very (laughs) set of specific 15 years. Yes. (laughs) We're going to leave off the last six years where, uh, I don't know, Tesla became popular and... (laughs) Now, uh, this is obvious, by the way, before we even get to the dumbest tweet part of it, like, this is obvious. Obviously, the people with the most resources are going to contribute most of this. There are people who can take planes to go play. And I don't even talk about people taking private jets around. I'm talking about people who might fly to go on a vacation. They might go overseas somewhere. They might go across the country sometime. 
Maybe they drive a, an SUV. They might fly to the Paris Climate Accord. Obviously, people who have more resources are going to be able to do more things, and that's naturally going to lead to you doing more things, which means if we are emitting the terrible carbon emissions, then the people who have the most resources are just naturally going to do that. That's that. It's a given. It's It's just a thing. So this rich person, Claudia Webb, <laughs> decided to tweet that the earth is overpopulated. There are too many rich people. To solve the climate crisis, the rich must be abolished. She tweeted that, by the way. Yeah, that's a real thing that she tweeted. Yeah, which is a sign of how rich you are, Claudia. It looks like she has a nice headshot. I bet those cost money. Earth, earth is overpopulated. Too many rich people. To solve the climate crisis, the rich must be abolished. Now... How do you, how are we proposing that we solve the climate crisis? We abolish the rich. She that's, lays it out right That's here. how you get rid of it. It's a simple plan. Because there'll never be a, a group of people that have more resources that are emitting more carbon than other people. No. That, that would never not, be the case. Not once we abolish them. I just thought it was really interesting to notice that to solve the crisis, the rich must be abolished. How would you solve the climate crisis? They want to tax the hell out of everything. They want to use all of this innovation that people have been coming up with. And what they don't realize is how they could actually have the innovations in the way that we produce energy and the way that we use energy uh, without the people who make investments and do things like that. It's like the, they'll just be gone and we'll still somehow solve if it weren't for people innovating and people investing by the way well we'd still be driving crappy cars or riding around their horse and buggies which would not be good by the way because they crap all over the place and that's not good you guys know about the cow farts from what i hear horse farts are just as bad okay mm. Mm. you get them horse patties all over your streets and the rich be a good own thing. horse farms they're mm -hmm. into all that yeah thoroughbred racing <laughs> And all that kind of junk you see up there in Kentucky. Out there in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I just thought First that First weekend was... in May, the, the roses, <laughs> all those roses cost and all that. Who watches them horse races anyway? Uh, look, uh, we have a good question from the group. Stone Steve Cold Austin says, rich compared to what? And see, that's the great question. Compared to what's always the, the question you need to the ask. The answer is always someone richer than you. <laughs> so whoever puts this out could be Bernie Sanders, a millionaire Bernie Sanders, mm -hmm. who will agree with this. Now, who is he talking about? Oh, somebody's got more money than him. Yeah. Because when he wasn't a millionaire, he used to talk about millionaires and billionaires. It's always the people who have more money than you. He literally, I mean, this has been glossed over now, but he literally did used to say millionaires and billionaires all the time literally that is what he always said was millionaires and billionaires millionaires and billion and mm -hmm. the second the report came out that he was a millionaire he stopped saying it and then he only started talking about billionaires makes no sense <laughs> well that makes perfect sense no so, i'm saying it makes no sense how nobody's oh yeah nobody yeah grills him about this oh no you wouldn't want to do that i mean uh, no. there was one heated uh interview on fox where he's what like, it? during that town hall yeah. thing. Yeah. What about your taxes? I pay the taxes that I owe. Which is the okay. answer for everyone. Yes. Uh, I mean, there are people who do illegal what, things. What do you pay, like 13 but... or 15%? Or that was his yeah. effective tax rate? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how you can sleep at night after that. 
we've been wondering that about Bernie for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, if you, if someone can find the answer to how Bernie sleeps at night, then please send us an email, Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. I really need to know. I'd say comfortably uh, in between one of his three homes. <laughs> yeah. He's probably got a really nice bed. That's dumb bleep number two, y'all. The rich must be abolished to solve climate crisis from Claudia. That's just great. The next one comes from what's going on in L.A. I don't know if you guys know this, but L.A. and California in general, but they're trying to solve their homeless crisis because they have this homelessness problem, obviously because of the rich. That's why they have the homelessness problem. If it weren't for the rich, then they wouldn't have the homeless people. Uh, But they have this homelessness problem, and they've been floating some ideas. And the government's talking about doing tiny houses, talking about doing the shipping container houses, things like that, because there's a lot of shipping containers out there, and they're already made, and they're pretty cheap. By the way, a lot of people choose to build shipping container houses. I've actually done, I've actually drywalled shipping container houses and offices. They suck to do drywall in, by the way. They're really bad. Um, but anyway, the LA Times is really worried about this idea because those might be demeaning to the homeless people and they might make them feel less than human. So the tiny houses, actually, it's bad for them if we do tiny houses and shipping containers. I will agree, though, not with that sentiment, but I will agree with like what's the hype all about stephanie and i were talking about that the other day we're like but of course we're bigger people like you know i'm six eight and she's five ten so it's like could you imagine us trying to live in a tiny house yeah it wouldn't work i'm not i would not be comfortable in that i'm not suggesting that they force anyone to live in a tiny house but i didn't even like touring on a bus it could be a better it could be a better alternative you know, yeah. than, than what they're currently living in. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm definitely saying that. I'm just like all these people you see on TikTok and um, what was it? A couple of years ago, it was a big craze. Real big craze. Yeah. Real big I, I don't, craze. I don't understand. From what I can tell. People all the, building out these vans and they're just like, oh, live in a van down by the river. From what I can tell, all the tiny house people are people who have another house and they thought it would be cool to put a tiny house in their backyard ah. and talk about the tiny house. And then I'm put, sh- <laughs> rent it on Airbnb. Yeah, that's that's what I've noticed so far. Yeah, yeah. But the shipping container thing is, I mean, they're big and they're also good to bury in your backyard and use as a nice little bunker as well. Oh, yeah. From what I heard. Or mm. a pool, or, if you want to. Or a pool. Fill it up with water. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So the LA Times is really worried about them doing this. This isn't good enough. Quote from there says, my burning question has been, what exactly are these spaces like to live in? Is a tiny house really a glorified tool shed? Does living in a shipping container feel like living in a shipping container? And it goes on and on about how this is demeaning and less than human and, and all of these things. And my question is, what's the alternative? This, you know, compared to what? Because they're could, homeless. They're, yeah. They literally live on the street. Yeah. Like on the street. Too. They don't even have a tool shed. Yeah. I mean, have you guys have ever looked up pictures of Skid Row or any of these other places? You guys ever looked up pictures of the jungle in Seattle? Anything like that? Um, it's probably better to live in a tiny house or a shipping container. Mm-hmm. And I just really think that it would be. But see, now this isn't this isn't good enough. What we actually need are 
uh, some nice ha- some nice houses built from your money, by the probably not this person's money. I'm sure they they've probably requested several times that the government taxes no. them more, but they can't get the government to do it. No, really, you the know? reason why they don't like this is because this takes away their argument for for re-election and everything yes yeah. they need the homeless people to stay there so that they can say look at all the homeless we got elect me so that i can implement policies to fix homelessness and then never actually fix it yep that's why they want them to stay homeless they need them as a catalyst they're the martyr they're the martyr to the to the uh the agenda so that's number what number was that three three yeah Rolling through this, so that means maybe I can sneak in a nap before I get to the honeydew list tonight. We'll see. She needs to ask another burning question: like, what's it like to live in a box? Yeah. <laughs> does, does living in a box feel like living in a box? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. yep. Car- <laughs> you, Carolina. That's a good question. She's got two first names. Her name is Carolina A. Miranda. <laughs> so, so dumb believe number three is two first names all right charlie you don't have to read every line of this next one charlie. no i'm gonna i'm gonna read it <laughs> all right so you'd have to look at the picture of this or see it on the video to understand <laughs> but so uh the the first one starts out with dear president biden 55 of the nation's largest corporations paid nothing zero dollars in federal income taxes in 2020 despite reporting more than $40 billion in profits. They brazenly pretend to earn billions of dollars in microstates like the Cayman Islands. Tax their profits. And then somebody, then he replied to himself and said, 50 years of tax cuts failed to trickle down. Trickle down economics. Trickle down economic. Trickle down economy. Trickle down economic. Trickle down econo- He's going to read every line. Trickle down econ. Trickle down echo. Trickle down ek. Trickle down e. Trickle down. Trickle dow. Trickle doe. Trickle d. Trickle. Trick l. Trick. He ends it with a trick. I thought it was clever. It is kind of clever. It's pretty clever. It's so a we- nice little, um, you know, slanted line here. Trickle d. Trickle do, <laughs> trickle down, trickle down, trickle do, trickle d, trickle do, trickle me, <laughs> and so they whittle trickle down economics all the way down to the word trick. Now I don't know why he stopped there and didn't go down the t, mm, or just know. nothing. That seems like a seems like they cherry pick their letters <laughs> right there. So Charlie, tell me about trickle down economics. Why do you support that as an economic theory? Well, first of all, uh, trickle down economics is ma- is a made up term. By the way, it's no, it's like there's literally nobody ever called anything trickle down economics. So I don't know where they get this from. You know that is the only time that anyone has ever called for it and called it trickle down and has actually said it was during FDR's administration, and someone working inside of the FDR administration said was talking about using a trickle down theory in the opposite direction because yeah. fdr was from, pretty... F- from fdr yeah yeah <laughs> that's the only yeah there's no such thing as trickle down economics it literally doesn't exist but well we can talk about what what tax cuts do for the economy they're obviously good for the economy uh you saw the markets 
yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, yeah, when Biden announced his proposed tax hike. And then it uh, pumped back over that today. That was a overreaction. Mm-hmm. Um, that the the market sold off. Why? Because, and I sent you a good video of the of, of a millionaire guy living in California who openly admitted on TikTok that he doesn't pay any taxes. Mm-hmm. And the reason he doesn't pay any taxes is because he doesn't take any income from his assets. And what do he say he does instead? He gets a loan from the bank. Or he takes a an equity uh, an equity loan out on his house, so anytime he, he builds up some equity, takes a loan out, only has to pay three percent interest. Three percent interest is way better than fifty percent tax. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, folks. Now, of course, he's, he he I'm sure he pays state tax and property taxes and things like that. But as far as all that goes, and the thing about it is, we talk about this over and over and over and over and over and over. The rich don't pay taxes, so even if you were to force them to somehow. Uh, you know, earmark money for taxes. It's going to come from someone else. And that person is you, Bobek. Okay. Pearls. And Joe asked a good question, um, which I've seen asked a lot was, okay, how does he pay it back? You know, they take out the loan from the bank. How do they pay it back? People who are good at making money like this guy probably is assuming that he's not just bullshitting on TikTok because, you know, I didn't see his bank statements or anything like that. They take that money and they put it to work. And then they make more money than what they would need to pay back by taking that money. Mm-hmm. And they will actually still turn a profit off of the money that they take from the bank. And they might owe 3% on the money that they took from the bank, but they can take that and invest it or be very productive and pay it back to the bank and still have money left over at the end of the day. So it's 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 a pretty good way of doing things. Or you get a revolving line of credit. Yeah, they they'll do a revolve. That's I think it was Zuckerberg who just had the revolving line of credit off of his assets, which was the ownership of Facebook. And for these guys, it, it doesn't really matter. You just take out say a million dollars and get a one percent on the line of credit, and then when it's due, you take out another line of credit, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, you just and keep it, going. And for them, it it doesn't matter if the 1% piles up over time off of that money. It's still going to be way better than paying the taxes on it. Because Zuckerberg's net worth in 10 years went from $4 billion to $100 billion. So who cares about 1% on a, you know even $100 million spent? Yeah. <laughs> who cares? Um, the other part of this that they said here at the bottom, which is just, I wish people would think about the numbers for a second. 55 of the, I'm just trying to figure out the point they're making. 55 of the nation's largest corporations paid nothing in federal taxes, despite reporting more than 40 billion in profits. Tax their profits. Okay, Bobak, how much money you reckon you're going to get off the $40 billion in profits? What's your tax rate? Let's say it's 50%. Let's say you achieve 50%, and let's say that the actual amount paid is 50%. That's really 50%. So your solution to a problem is that you rake in a cool $20 billion from these corporations that didn't pay anything. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Literally. That is not just, we used to say things were were a rounding error. That's not even a rounding error. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's That's an insanely small amount of money. Yeah. So even this big problem, oh, these com- companies didn't pay any income taxes on the, the Pentagon all lost these profits. The, the Pentagon doesn't know where $20 or $20 billion is. They, that, that disappeared. 
and they can't find it. <laughs> and that happened within, within an hour. As soon as they got it, actually, it disappeared. Just gone. And they, yeah, and they can't account for it. It's not <laughs> even on the books. So what do you, yeah, yeah. What's $20 billion going to get you? Literally nothing. The other thing is, is that's what they do, by the way. The tax system is set up to tax profits. What these companies do, the reason why they don't pay any federal income taxes is because they don't actually show a profit because they spent all their money already. You know, Amazon lost money, lost, literally lost money for 19 years. 19 years they lost money. And we do what we should do, which is count all those years, because we've always made the point, and honestly, we should do it bigger than this, honestly. Uh, well, because I don't want anyone to ever pay any taxes, but um, you're able to deduct your past losses up to, a, to an extent, which you should be able to do, because it goes back to the conversation of, well, what do you, when a company loses money, who's going to pay the company that money? Because when they make money, you want to take a portion of the profits. But when they lose money, you, you don't want to do anything about that. But then as soon as they start making money, well, then you want to take their money. So absolutely, your past losses should be able to be carried forward onto your future taxes. And so all of these companies who Because are, all the while, look at what Amazon did. Yeah. They now have, what is it, two, 200,000 employees, 250,000 employees? Oh, it's, it's 800,000 now. Sorry, 800,000 yeah. employees now? They've got warehouses all over the place. They're doing their own shipping. They're about to invest in their they they invest in their own planes and and they've revolutionized logistics. They they introduced uh, two day shipping, even though it's not free. It's free. To, they say it's free. It's not, <laughs> uh, but it is two day shipping. I mean, you guys remember when you used to order something online and it would take, you know, estimated shipping dates sometime next year. I remember when I used to order things on Amazon. It would take that long when you first started using it mm -hmm. way back when. I remember when my friend, I remember when my friend Dustin, um, told me about Amazon. I was like, I need this, and he's like, just order it on Amazon. And I was like, what? He's like, Amazon, this website. I was like, you're like the like the forest. I was like, Amazon. That's stupid. That's crazy. Why would I want to order something, and then it's going to be shipped to me? No, I need to go to a store and buy this. I need to do this. You're really showing your age now. I know. I, know. I wish what he would have said was, hey, man, you need to buy Amazon stock. It's like 70 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that's what he would have said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, the, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to, I guess, argue with these people. And I think that uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm really screwing up your name. Is it Denetic? I think that he makes a really good point. Um, he said, or I'm sorry, I missed it. Where'd it go? It was Joe. Sorry. Joe sorry, said they want, <laughs> they want them to lose money and fall into the social safety net and become dependent on the government. Um, and I think that's the, the <laughs> ultimate goal. I think what's is. funny is after that, he said, it's like eBay. <laughs> and so I applied that to the first line because <laughs> oh. he was talking about, <laughs> we were talking about, so they want them to lose money and fall into the social safety net and become dependent on government. It's like eBay. <laughs> That's how I read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like eBay. <laughs> yeah. But trickle-down economics is made-up term, uh, possibly made up by somebody in FDR's administration, which was uh, the New Deal, by the way. Well, um, the thing about trickle-down economics is it gets it's it is supply-side economics, and it was called trickle-down economics uh, during the 80s, as a campaign piece against Reagan. And that has obviously been a very successful slogan for people to use. And it sounds 
it's I mean, that just sounds crazy. What the idea that people on the left have in their mind, because I've had this conversation with people about trickle down economics a bunch. You see, the left people of the collectivist government's going to do everything ideology only sees that people at the bottom of the economic ladder can receive money by other people giving it to them. And that is the only way that they see people growing from the bottom, is by other people giving them money. And so when they think about something like a supply-side economics or tax cuts helping people at the bottom, the way that they've applied that is they have said that, well, since people at the bottom require others to give them money for them to make it, then when they apply this economic theory in their head, they think that when the rich make more money, it means the rich will decide to altruistically give people at the bottom more money. Because that's the only way that they see people climbing up a ladder is by other people giving them things. And so they've applied, they're seeing it through their lens of how they see economies working and how they see people growing. And so that's why they think about it that way. The actual way is not that people at the top will make more money and then they'll be more altruistic and they'll raise their wages and they'll give away more money through charity and things like that. Yeah, that's going to happen, some, but that's not the thing that you're dependent on to help people. What you actually are getting from so-called trickle-down economics, or we'll just call uh, supply-side economics, would be the real theory, would be that you will allow for so much more growth you will allow for this free market that more people will be able to come into that market and there will be able to be more competition and there will be more business and there will be more production. And so people will be able to find ways to grow up out of the bottom because of all of that increase in opportunity. And since people on the left only see that you can get something by someone else giving it to you, then that's, they, they call it trickle down and that means people must give money to the people at the bottom. But that is not what the economic theory is actually talking about. And the, and the other thing too, though, is like th this guy tweeted this and you guys have to think about what it's like to be a poor person in the United States. You have access to all this unbelievable technology that makes you so unbelievably rich compared to people in history that it's unfathomable we've made it this far. And how much money did it take for you to be able to send that tweet? Have you ever thought about that, Bobak? Did, did some of that venture capital money not trickle down to you to be able for you to type it on your phone from Silicon Valley? How much capital was raised for Apple and the chip makers in China? And all the people who put your phone together and Twitter and the internet and all these unbelievable things. You're using magic, literal magic, to tweet out these types of things. You're fucking. It actually, it, it, let's say trickle down economics does work or is, is, is a real thing. It actually works. And the proof is you sent the tweet. Yeah. And it displayed to everyone, to everyone. You sent a tweet, it went to space, came back, now everybody can see it. That's that in and of itself right there is money trickling down to your fingertips, literally. That is the thing. That you could have a thought in your mind, as dumb as it is, <laughs> and you decide to type it out on this 
weird thing that this somebody piece made of glass that you have in yeah, your pocket all yeah. the time and and then you hit send and it goes out to space comes back just the way you wrote it and displays perfectly in this nice little line where you cleverly took trickle down and you kept taking letters down all the way to trick and it sounds wonderful and everything but the proof the proof is in the tweet the fact that, right there the fact that that guy didn't have to copy that down onto 20,000 pieces of paper and then hand distribute it to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. It did trickle down to him. <laughs> people just don't look at that. People don't look at the standard of living, the way that it's actually gone up. It, that'll never be except I've the same I had this conversation with someone about this like obviously the tax cuts didn't help. Look, the wage growth is has stagnated <laughs> or whatever. Household income has remained flat over this period of time and i was like okay let's assume that what you're talking about is not just a bunch of bullshit cherry pick statistics because that's what it is um didn't the standard of living get better and their response was was something about income inequality that the rich got so much richer than than the poor did or something like that and i was like we're not even talking about that right now did the, what is the standard of living over this 50-year period, because everyone's talking about this 50-year period where it didn't trickle down, whatever. Um, over this 50-year period, what is the standard of living like for people at the bottom then versus people at the bottom now? Did it trickle down or not? I hate that we're even using this, but in the way that they think about it, mm -hmm. did, did it trickle down or not? And the answer is it did. We got more stuff. We got better quality stuff. Well... Kind of, you know. In some sectors. <clears throat> Sometimes we get better quality stuff. Sometimes, yeah. you know, they don't make them like they used to. Same for a reason. Um, but yeah, it absolutely did make its way down to the people at the bottom of the economic ladder. But the whole point of the supply side economics is to foster competition and growth and innovation and for people to be able to lift themselves up out of poverty, which is obviously easier than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Joe makes a great point. He says you mm. could totally live a 1970s lifestyle on minimum wage. Oh yeah, totally could. For you, sure, you can still. There are houses out there for sale for forty, fifty thousand dollars. So you can buy your what well, in the 1970s. Shoot, my uncle bought a house in San Diego in 1970 for like twenty nine thousand dollars and sold it for like one point eight million in 2006. So in the 70s, shoot, there buy a house in the twenty twenty thirty thousand dollars. You can still buy one of those. And you could they it, exist. It's not even the same amount of money, but with the, all the same amenities and everything. Don't use anything past the seventies. Right, it's been made. You know, so no have, internet, no, no cell, cell phone. phone. Uh, you buy a two thousand dollar truck, and you buy a vehicle that uh, that barely has air conditioning. There's not even a CD player or a tape player in the thing. No backup belts optional. There's no cruise control, nothing like that. You absolutely could have the same standard of living that people did yeah. on minimum wage. Mm -hmm. But we don't want that. We want an insanely increased standard of, standard of living on the minimum wage and then say that you can't afford that, which mm -hmm. still, I mean, well, we'll have to go on to the next dumb bleep. Yeah, that's dumb so, bleep. Number dumb bleep number four was trickle-down economics. We were on that one for dick. a minute. So we've got we've got six of them today. We always end up with around six, and I cut I cut one out before we started. All right, this guy. This was a gem 
I found. The only people who say we can't have Medicare for everyone are people like Stephen Hemsley, CEO of United Healthcare. He makes $77,000 a day denying health care to Americans. This is what the free market system has produced, and it's why we pay more for health care than anywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> Who's this from? It was something I saw across the Facebooks. <laughs> this Ugh. is... Okay, so we'll take this apart just a little bit. I don't even know where to begin. I'm so pissed. Well, you can start with the first thing. The only people who say we can't have Medicare for everyone are people like the CEO of United Healthcare. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one. He's the only one. Yeah. Only people saying mm-hmm. that. Which means that there's a very small amount of people saying that we can't have healthcare. I don't know why it hasn't been passed yet. Yeah. It's a very, <laughs> very, very small amount of people. Yeah. There aren't many CEOs of <laughs> no. uh, insurance companies. In fact, I'm betting that it's about 0.1% <laughs> of the country. Yeah. Would be people that think like this. So I don't know why it hasn't gone yet. But anyway, he makes $77,000 a day denying health care to Americans. That's actually what they pay him for. It's yeah. in his job description. Yeah. That's Now, I'll give this poster mm-hmm. a little bit of credit that insurance companies do deny health care all the time. Mm-hmm. And, the, and and but what they... Well, ref- if they deny health care coverage from their company, yes. they don't Sorry. ever stop anyone from receiving medical attention. That's, yeah. They deny coverage. Yeah. Um, but in large part due to the, the ties into this, this this last sentence here, this, which is this is what the free market system has produced. The reason why health insurance companies can deny coverage on all kinds of things is because they follow almost exactly what Medicare does, by the way. So when they deny your claim, it's typically because uh, they would do this, the same thing when Medicare denies payment for claims. It's the, the only difference is it's uh, a private insurance company doing it versus the government. Yeah. The government denies claims all the freaking time. But United Healthcare has the backing on doing it because they do what Medicare does. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> yeah. Literally follow all the same all the same rules. They will deny you for all the same exact reasons. In fact, there's standardized reasons for denials. It's 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 unbelievable. And then so most people I will say this. Most people who talk about healthcare don't understand healthcare. That's that's the real truth of the matter. Oh yeah. And then he goes on to say, "This is what the free market system has produced, and it's why we pay more for healthcare than anywhere." And I like the fact that he put free market in quotes. He did put free market in quotes. Yeah, which is nice because the healthcare system that we have is the furthest thing from free market that we absolutely have. It's the only thing that could be more heavily regulated might be the banking system. I don't know, but I, I think it's healthcare. I think healthcare is by far the most heavily regulated market we have. It's the opposite of free. It's, but I, I didn't catch that they put free market in quotes. He did. <laughs> That's hilarious. It is hilarious. So you got to give him credit. A little like there's two pieces of credit there. That's good. That was a little uh, Freudian slip on their part, apparently. But you can't. And everyone in the group has been saying this too. You can't make seventy-seven thousand dollars a day denying healthcare to people. By the way, right? You're going to have to allow people to get more healthcare than you're not, or mm-hmm. no one's going to use your company. So you don't make seventy-seven thousand dollars because you're denying healthcare for people. That's 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 just not the way that it's going to work. And obviously, health insurance companies find ways to deny procedures all the time. That's that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to toe the line. Uh, between offering the minimum service that they can 
and receiving the most amount of money and being able to keep the most amount of customers that they can. But the issue when you talk about that whole line right there is whether or not you have a whole bunch of other options that you could go to. Because here's the deal. If every single time I had a fender bender, which has actually never happened, if every time Charlie had a fender bender, he went to get his car fixed and his car insurance company said they weren't going to cover it, he would go get a car insurance from a different company because they're worthless to him. Because there's so many different options out there for car insurance, but there's not very many options out there for health insurance. There's like two or three. Yeah, that's that's it. Those are your options. But with car insurance, they can't deny every little thing. They've got to pay for all of it because if they didn't, you've got a whole bunch of other competitors you can go to. So the, this is obviously not and a they've free reduced market. all the competition through government regulations, by the way. It's that's mainly how they've done it. So it's just <sighs> another person who doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that and I mean now is healthcare too expensive? Do we pay more for healthcare than anywhere? I, I wouldn't say that. We we have the best healthcare in the world and it's gonna be the the best is gonna be more expensive than, mm-hmm. than not the best. Um it, you know, I would you rather be in Italy or here for the pandemic? Yeah, and it's also uh, a skewed that that is a, a skewed number because yeah, the governments of those countries will restrict how much providers can charge for things. Yeah. They will restrict how much uh, drug manufacturers can charge for their drugs in mm-hmm. those companies. And then that company just comes to the U.S. and charges all the money that they should have been making in the other country to the people here in the U.S. because there aren't caps on it. Is that an, is that an argument for caps? No, it's not. Now, we can't control what the other countries do. Mm-hmm. We, we, can't, we can't do that. But doesn't mean you should put price caps on anything unless you want people to stop making all these drugs. And I know yeah, unless you want people to stop saving your life, you libertarians out there like drugs. So yeah. we don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> nice. 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 All right, man. I saved you the best. There's a lot that I could say about this, but well, we've yeah, had several healthcare episodes. So that's the other thing. Y'all go listen. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty of it, but I was just going to say that healthcare is too expensive. It is. It's way too expensive. That's something that we can agree with people on. It's so expensive and it doesn't have to be. We, it could be a lot more affordable than it is. We're in a really unique position, the two of us here, um, of knowing a little bit more about the healthcare industry than uh, a lot of other people might know. It would be because of the business that Charlie started, where his business is literally trying to find ways to get around the denials from insurance companies trying to find ways to collect on the money from these companies. And then we also have another unique thing where Charlie's fiance is an ER nurse. So we actually see the care providing side of it. We see that side. We see what that's like. Okay. And then we also have my wife who also works as a financial analyst for HCA. And I get to hear all the nitty gritty of whether or not they make profit on things what different things that they do where they are profitable and where they're not, where where they make the money, where they lose the money. I don't know the, the specific illegal details of those things, but we do have a lot of inside information when it comes to how the healthcare system works. And if people think that only the insurance companies deny things or the insurance companies create problems for people, um, 
Medicare does too. The government does too. They create a lot of problems. I'll be very, very broad here, but there are new treatments and new technologies out there that are cutting edge, life-saving technologies out there, treatments out there that facilities have decided they weren't going to do anymore or that they couldn't do because Medicare came over them and, and set caps on how much they could charge for it or how much they would pay for it. And then they did the numbers on it because this was so new and so difficult to do. And they said, okay, well, I know that this is really good, but we can't do it. We literally can't take a $100,000 hit every time we treat someone using this. And so they just end up not offering it. Something that's very new, very life-saving. They can't offer it. This happens from the government too. I'm talking about stuff coming from the government, by the way, not, not things coming from the insurance companies. As the insurance companies want to cover it, they're just they're going to charge more to do it. And the government just says, we'll only pay this much for it. And then the hospital says, well, then we're just not going to offer this. I'm sorry. We can't take a hit on it. And that's something that happens. It's for sure something that happens. Charlie, Charlie walked off. He's gone. That's how mad he is. He's out of here. He went to pull some, some healthcare information. So while he's gone, I'm going to read the next tweet. Now, this is a little bit unfair. We said we weren't going to put obvious things in here from the week. But this one's a little bit unfair, but it had to go in here. And we purposefully did not talk about this one the other day when we covered the Micaiah Bryant situation. I don't know if you guys have heard of that yet. But this teenager, 16-year-old, who was attempting to murder someone and was killed by a police officer in the process of doing so. And I happen to think, and this is difficult as a libertarian, but you have to call it like you see it, I happen to think that the officer should be considered the hero for doing so. We should know his name because he saved the life of an innocent person that wasn't trying to murder someone. And we should know the name of the person that he saved also. The whole thing around this has been insane. <clears throat> Here's the tweet from the Twitter name. This is from Bree Newsom, activist. This is the name. Of, I got to give you what the name of her Twitter account is. Defund and abolish police. Refund our communities. I don't know what she means by refund our communities. If she means refund our communities, like the funding was taken away or refund, like they give the money back. I guess that's what she means is give the money back that we pay for the police. Anyhow, we'll just go around that. Here's what she said. Teenagers have been having fights, including fights involving knives for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. I'm going to read that one more time just in case you didn't catch how insane it was. Teenagers have been having knife fights for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. So to call this insane would be to do a disservice to all of the insane people out there. Honestly, I, mean, I don't want to say anything to put down insane people. This is a, an egregious and disgusting and 
I don't know, kind of psychopathic thing to say, in my opinion. First off, is it weird that somehow it's normal? Even if it is, would you want to normalize the fact that teenagers have knife fights? Like, oh, they just have knife fights. I don't know if you guys remember having knife fights back when you were teenagers, but apparently that was a thing. You just, you know, you, you and your friends get together, pull out some knives against some people that you had disagreements with, and you guys work it out. That's just a normal thing. This is something that teenagers do. Okay? That's, I mean, come on. We all know this. We've all grown up with knife fights. Come on. We don't need police to address these situations by showing up and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. They're just having a good old knife fight. Why would you want a cop to show up and use a weapon against one of them? They're using weapons against each other. This is none of your business, cop. <laughs> it's insane. And I still called it insane because that's all I could think of in the moment. But that gets my, this gets this week's Good Lord Award from Nate Thurston. All right. I'm going to recap the dumb bleep for you guys so you guys can get, so you guys can get your votes out. Okay. Get them out there. Let me know. Send in your mail-in ballots. Vote multiple times. Send someone else to vote in your stead. I don't care how you do it. Okay. Number one was the masking problem. I'm just, I just wear a mask when I leave the house and I don't even think about it. The only time I take my mask off is when I'm having FaceTime with my friends. You crazy people out there that don't like wearing masks, you should be responsible like me wearing a mask at all times. Except for when I'm talking face to face with other people. Number two, Earth is overpopulated. To solve the climate crisis, the rich must be abolished. Charlie, read that last tweet while I'm recapping these since you just got back. The, verse, the last one. The last one, yeah. Don't believe number six? Six, yeah. No, I re I'm saying you read it while I'm recapping so you know what we're oh, talking about. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two was the earth is overpopulated. To solve the climate crisis, the rich must be abolished. They must be abolished. Number three... I know that people are sleeping literally on pavement, but tiny houses would just be so demeaning. All right, that's number three from the LA Times. Number four, trickle-down economics has failed to trickle down. Actually, what we need to do is take that $40 billion in profits and tax it. Then we're going to solve our problems. That's, we're going to solve, we'll get like $10 billion and we'll be able to fund the government for a day. Wouldn't that just be great? That'd be so great. Um, number five, the CEO of United Healthcare making all that money by denying healthcare to people. And this is what the free market has created. And then number six, kids have been having knife fights our whole lives. We don't need police to address these situations by showing up with a weapon. <laughs> Y'all need help. Number six. And this is the same person. I'm sorry I had to leave for a second. This is the same person who would be arguing against toxic masculinity and boys wrestling with each other. Yeah. Like just just wrestle play. You know, that that's bad. Um, toxic masculinity. But nope. Teenagers and knives. That's, we've been doing that for eons. She's probably argued also a bunch of times that we don't need guns because you can just call the cops and they'll take care of it. Yeah. 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 She's probably been arguing that for eons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. There are a couple of good ones in here. 
Yeah, they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. All right, the votes are still coming in. The votes are trickling down to our private Discord server, which you can join by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as five bucks a month. You can put your money where your mouth is. It and makes actually, us greedy, evil capitalists. It does. It does. You can put your money where your mouth is because where that money goes, it goes back into advertising. It goes back into getting the videos out on our social media and getting parts of this podcast out in front of other people. That is where the money from the Patreon donations goes. It also helps us do things like going to uh, traveling to going to Young Americans for Liberty convention, maybe doing some talking there, uh, going to Freedom Fest pork fest, things like that. So you're you're really putting your money where your mouth is if you want to get this information out in front of people. After our nice little speech yesterday, we got two new Patreon subscribers just yesterday. And I want I just want to say a very special thank you to you guys. And listen, y'all, this is what we have to do as liberty-loving people. It is beneficial to post things on your social media and all that, but if you're not doing a podcast yourself or you want to help other podcasts do what they're doing, uh, then we're going to actually have to start putting, we're going to actually start having to take our time and exchange that for dollars and then take some of that and help push this message out there. That's what we're going to have to do. Did you see Daisy changed her name to Trickle D? She did. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Who won? Did you see who won? Uh, It looks like overwhelmingly six. Six. Uh, the devil's number <laughs> six. We got a bunch of sixes rolling through here. I think this is like going to be foosball. This is going to be in the running for dumb bleep of the year. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's still early, but I can just feel this being in the running for dumb bleep of the year. Mm-hmm. This is one of the dumber things I've seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this year for sure. Yes. So, and we've it, seen a lot of dumb things. We've seen a lot because we talk about dumb stuff all the time. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, Charlie, you go ahead and I already did the ad that we don't do. Exactly. So, Dumbly number six wins. Thank you, Bree Newsom, for contributing the content for this week's Dumbly of the Week. Yeah, and thanks y'all for voting. Thanks y'all for being part of the show. Thanks for listening. I know you enjoyed today's episode, which means you should leave us one of those ratings and one review, at least one. Um, because that's really all you can do, I think. And I don't think they count the others if you try to do multiple. So leave us one, just one. Take uh, 48 seconds out of your day. That's all we ask for. And uh, share the show with a friend and leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcast or uh, Stitcher or anywhere you can leave reviews that you listen to this podcast. That helps us out way more than you know. It helps with the algorithms and the charting and all that. And the more we can be seen, uh, the more listeners we can have and the more this movement can grow. So... Leave us that rating review. Do it now. If you haven't done it, I'll wait. Subscribe on YouTube. And when you see a video and you watch it, hit the mother trucking like button. That's a thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up button. It's a like, though. It's really Mm -hmm. what it is, isn't it? I don't remember. It is. It's a like. So hit that thumb that's pointing in the up direction. We got to feed the algos. All right. You guys got to do all the algo feeding out there. You see one of our posts online? Hit the like button on it. Hit it. Hit the heart button on it. So you don't have to retweet it. You don't have to share it. But you got to let the algos know that this is good content that people on these sites need to see. That's what you're doing. And do that for all the people doing content like this, mm-hmm. by the way. 
And if you do all of that, all of it, then uh, we'll be back when we want to on Monday. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty. Morning liberty.